Welcome to Church on the Edge, a podcast designed to challenge you and help you rethink what church is and what church should be. This is your host, Dan Armistead. You can learn more about me on my website, danarmistead.com, and follow me through my regular post under the heading of Church on the Edge on both medium.com and substack.com where I invite and challenge you to live life on the edge like Jesus. We are in the third season of our Church on the Edge podcast, and I've been reading from my book, Philemon, Reflections on Christian Maturity, due out in October. Today I'll be reading from Chapter 6, a chapter which is entitled Family. And I begin that chapter by quoting Paul from Philemon, verse 16. Here's what he says. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. And of course, Paul is talking here about the runaway slave and thief Onesimus. During our years in Seoul, Family took on new and deeper meanings for us. When I say us, I mean not only my wife and I, but our children as well. Two days after our youngest graduated from high school, we boarded a plane for South Korea. For 12 years, we lived our lives, for the most part, separated from one another. Our daughters attended different colleges, and our son joined the Marine Corps. You might think this kind of separate and often lonely existence would lead to greater emotional distances between us. Just the opposite. We grew closer. For years, our children spent Thanksgiving together. Georgia, New York, North Carolina, and Louisiana, wherever they needed to go and whatever they needed to do to get there, the three of them did it. There were also visits to Seoul, and of course, mom and dad and the entire family was together during many Christmas and summer holidays. Our time together was precious, and none of us took it for granted. During those years, we learned how to open our hearts to one another as never before. As a pastor for 36 years, I can tell you this is rare in many families, including those of ministers. What makes for healthy families? A growing emotional maturity leading to a greater self-awareness of ourselves is is one thing. This self-awareness allows us to be more open and vulnerable with others. As we learn to accept ourselves for who we are, we learn to accept others for who they are. The other thing that makes for healthy families is our ability to give others room to make choices for good or bad. This doesn't mean we never give advice or share our opinions. It does mean, however, that in the end, the choice is left to the individual. Now, I'm talking about adult children here, by the way, not minors in our household. However, even then, we should seek to cultivate this kind of decision-making whenever possible with our children. You know, too often, believing our actions are in the best interest of others, we try to force a decision in line with our expectations, opinions, or beliefs. 
This often, if not always, backfires, leaving a greater emotional distance between us and those we love. I speak not only for my wife and I, but our children, when I say we have learned to give each other freedom to choose, even when we think the choice made will turn out badly. Paul is giving that Philemon that freedom to Philemon in this letter. Some believe Paul is applying subtle pressure on Philemon when he says things like, I could be bold and order you what to do. But as I said in the last chapter, I don't believe that's the case at all. If Philemon had not done as he requested, I think Paul would have let it go. Would he have been disappointed? Undoubtedly. But Paul knew that spiritual growth is not the result of outward pressure, rather the result of obedience that comes from the heart. What Paul does do is appeal to Philemon to receive Onesimus back no longer as a slave, but as a fellow human being and a brother in Christ. We'll talk more about this later, but by casting Onesimus as a fellow human being, Paul is setting forth a divine truth found in the Scriptures for doing away with slavery altogether. As one commentator says, Paul effectively abolished the sting of the master-slave relationship and laid the foundation for the eventual legal abolition of slavery. To see Onesimus as a fellow human being is reason enough to receive his former slave back, but to receive Onesimus as a member of God's family, a brother in Christ, appeals to Philemon's deepest loyalties embedded in his culture as a Roman citizen. The family was considered sacred and the highest value among Romans. It was not uncommon for household slaves to become family members. Often those slaves were declared freed persons or liberti. But the love and relationship between these freed slaves and their former master and his family were such that they continued to serve as members of the family. I think this is something we often miss when we read our New Testaments. But to speak of disciples of Jesus from various cultures and backgrounds as a family was something Romans could easily grasp. Onesimus was more than a runaway slave returning to his master, and whatever his status before he fled, he now returns as more than a family member as understood by Roman culture. He is a cherished member of God's family, making him even dearer to Philemon. I mentioned family took on newer and deeper meanings to us after my wife and I moved to Seoul. This wasn't only the closeness and respect shared among our immediate family. All of us began to learn the value of becoming family with others outside our biological family. All of us have developed deep relationships with people who have, in a very real sense, become family. Many of these family members join us for holidays like Christmas and Thanksgiving, and all of us welcome and receive them as one of us. And because we have all grown in our personal self-awareness, we don't feel inhibited. We are just ourselves, warts and all. One of our adopted family members referred to this transparency as nakedness, 
not literally, you understand, but open, vulnerable, and real. One of the greatest marks of Christian maturity is seen in the relationships in our families. As parents, this may very well be the acid test of our maturity in Christ. How do we relate to our children? Is it on the basis of rules and regulations or maturing relationships that seek to understand each other? I'm not discounting the need for rules, but the goal is to build relationships that lead to emotionally healthy children and emotionally healthy parents. There is a lack of connectedness in the church today. If they don't watch church at home in their pajamas with a cup of coffee, people tend to come, find their seat, maybe take a few notes on the sermon, and go home or out to eat. What connectedness there is is often revolves around particular doctrines, denominational and political camps, or worship and music styles. But genuine Christian maturity happens in community as we enter into authentic relationships with others. Believers are belongers, as my pastor said in her sermon this morning. The Lord's Prayer teaches us to pray in plural pronouns. Our Father, give us our bread, our trespasses, and so on. To be cut off from family is to be alone. It is not good, God says, for people to be alone. Prayer. Father, help me to build closer family relationships. Grant me the courage to be more vulnerable and open with the ones I love. May I be less controlling and more nurturing, knowing that the lives of my loved ones are in your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Individual Reflection Number 1 Take time to consider those people closest to you. How open, real, and vulnerable are you in those relationships? Number 2 Are you aware of your weaknesses as well as your strengths? Are you comfortable around others just being who you are? Group Discussion Number 1 As a group, take time to compile a list of reasons it's important for followers of Jesus to be connected to each other. Number two, what are some ways we can build relationships with others in and out of the church? Number three, what are some of the hardest things about building strong relationships with others? This has been Church on the Edge with Dan Armistead, rethinking what church is and what church should be. If you like this episode, please leave a review at your preferred podcast provider, and you can find out more about this podcast as well as my articles, coming books, and more at danarmistead.com. And remember, it's all about Jesus and following Him as His church on the edge.